rhythm, but same thing. It doesn't yeah. work as well, but they're doing it. Brett, did you start DJing out of necessity for the production when you were like, I need to start playing this out? Yeah, and, and I actually, um, so I went kind of a weird route. So uh, I got my first pair of turntables when I was like 12, I think, and they were like the worst turntables ever. They were like a belt drive, kind of like the Walmart equivalent yeah. of like yeah, turntables. Yeah, just like yeah and uh, i learned i learned to kind of dj on them and like how to go at scratching and scratch badly and <laughs> i like borrowed my parents vinyl and like just completely it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um and uh so i did that first and that i'm so glad i did that because it, it really like made me understand you know like how to actually put two records together and mm-hmm. everything and and you know again it's just like a l- nice limitation but then I went to CDs, but I went to CDs, um, again, I couldn't afford proper CDJs. So I had the CDJs with like the lid, you know, that kind of like yeah. popped open and then you put the CD in and then you push it uh, back down. Yeah. Again. Yeah. So I, I had them and um, again, it was, you know, a cool, cool way to like learn that things were kind of, you know, digital now and right. like, you know, learning it that way. But when it actually came to like DJing the first time for shows, I went straight to Ableton. And uh, the only reason I did that was because that's what I knew at the time, because that's what I used to use to produce. So, um, yeah, it's just like, that was comfortable for me, but, uh, and also like, it was kind of a new thing at the time. Lots of people were using like MIDI controllers and stuff. So, um, that's the kind of route I went down and I did that for like a good few years. But then after a while, I kind of got sick of like carting around like a laptop and carting around like a heavy MIDI controller and everything. And the other thing was like getting to shows and then (laughs) the promoters thinking that I'm going to use CDJs. And then I turn up with this big fucking controller that has (laughs) to like go on top of this CD days and then I have to plug it in and then it's like yeah. I'm like dancing around the DJ you know before me like trying to find a plug to put <laughs> where's the so, out yeah and obviously it's pitch black so you have to use your phone to like it's see a Rube Goldberg contraption really you know you're like the ball so, comes down knocks the guy into the pool now you're like on you're like on the right side of the booth instead of the center yeah yeah exactly so after a while, I was just like, fuck yeah, this. Like, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. And by that time, you know, uh, flash drives and USBs were like full swing by that time. So I was like, yeah. Wait, that- wait, hold on, hold on. Sorry to interrupt you. But what if they had a, <laughs> what if they had a fixed spotlight on the middle? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I, I, I literally don't know how I did it for so long, but I did. You gotta put your head over to the spotlight, make sure everybody knows it's you. Coming up next, we have. <laughs> I'm just gonna be over here for the next hour. Uh... And I don't know if you've tried to like put something on top of a CDJ, but they are not flat. You know, it's all like, right, no, like this and like, moving all the time. Yeah. God forbid if you're scratching anything on top of the CDJ platter. (laughs) (laughs) God, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, people, I've seen someone show up with a desktop before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. They brought uh, the iMac 
desktop and Wait a minute, just the in. screen? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you didn't, just I, plug in didn't I send you that recently, Colin? There's been a few. Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah. been a few. <laughs> Which is it's like, yeah, I get it. You don't want to drive to work. You're going to walk to work or do something <laughs> bizarre like that, you know? But, you know, um, the Ableton approach was huge, though, during that time, because I know so many people that out of necessity had to start DJing because they're like, we got a couple big songs here. Play People this. are asking me to play this out live. And I'm sure the last thing was like, oh, fuck, I need to go do this live, you know, or even a live PA mm-hmm. where you're replaying the songs live, where you're, you know, performing them, whatever. Um, it's it's a, a lot for a producer-based producer compared to I'm a DJ that also produces and now I'm big and I'm this and that it's a different a different way of thinking yeah i mean you definitely like both have their advantages obviously like you say like if you're gonna do a semi kind of live set and and you know and i i used to do that i used to have you know if i was like doing one of my own songs i'd have like a drum stem and like a vocal stem and like mm-hmm. you know kind of do like basically live mixing of a song or whatever mm-hmm. and and to a certain extent i do miss that because it was fun but um nowadays i just you know, do an edit beforehand, and then uh, the songs that I play on the CDJs are, you know, the edits of the songs. So it's mm-hmm. like you don't have the freedom to kind of do a live performance anymore, but it's still like only I have those like special versions of the songs. So right. Right. you're still like seeing a performance of the song that you wouldn't see anywhere else. You'd have to come and come to mm-hmm. that live show to see mm-hmm. it, but. Mm-hmm um yeah it definitely isn't like and i still i still find it fun it's just like a different challenge because obviously with ableton everything's in time so you can't go out of time there's not you know obviously you can you can mix but you know the actual beat matching part of it isn't isn't really a problem so Mm -hmm. whereas obviously with cdjs it's like unless you're using sync or whatever you know you have to uh uh, you know, a beat match. And, and that's the challenge. You That's the thing that you're thinking about all the time. And, and what song am I going to play next rather than, uh, you know, getting the performance of the song, right. Or whatever. So. Mm-hmm. Did you have interest in DJing before you became a producer? Was that ever like, I like hearing songs mixed together. I like performance of that. Yeah. I mean, again, that goes back to when I was a kid and when I, when I got, my turntables for the first yeah. time you know I, I had them before i ever like started making music so mm. um so djing definitely kind of came first and like i say like um mess around with vinyls and early early cdjs and then i kind of fell into the production thing um yeah. when was that uh must have been probably about 2003 2004 um, so it would have been about 13, 14. I think I had like a dodgy copy of Cubase or something and mm, was like sick. messing around with that for a little while. And then that's I so sick. like a 13 or 14 year old kid just being like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm gonna try this shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm so gonna fuck the... up mom's computer and just try this shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so by the time I was 17 and I put out like the, cause I, I'd put music, music out before I was 17, but sure. like, um, that was the, fir- you know, the first kind of attempt at being like 
you know, a full-time musician, this is what I want to do kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, How old you when Love came out? 17. So Sick. I, I, I still kind of think I, like, I was too young at the time because, like I say, I got the management, I got a booking agent at that, that age. And my management was in London. And like I say, I live like two hours away. So I would always like, go into London, meet them. And they had like big people on their, on their roster. And here was me, this like 17 year old kid who like was cocky and thought he knew it all and everything. And, and, you know, they're talking about contracts and this term and that term and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I had no idea what anything meant. So you just like thrown in the deep end, like quickly learn everything. Um, but then also the opportunities at the time, you know, I had some really cool opportunities thrown my way, but I was like too early in my career to like, you know, I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. I still didn't even, I hadn't perfected my sound or, or anything like that. So it was like, you know, when they're like, oh, okay, we've got you this remix, you need to remix this person. And I'm just like, I, I have no idea how to <laughs> approach this or what yeah. I'm doing. You know, it's like, um so yeah i kind of regret starting so young mm-hmm. um but... that's interesting that's an interesting statement because i feel like most people would say the opposite i regret starting so late and i wish million I percent early. yeah million percent as yeah. far as even having that diligence to buckle down and stay focused you yeah. know as you as you're 17 you're like fuck, I don't know. I'm going to guess I'm going to go smoke weed with my friends, you know, and, and to even be like, Hey, I put out a song and people think I'm fucking Daft Punk now. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> if that shit happened to me at 17, I'd be the worst. The worst. Yeah. I, I, you couldn't tell me I wasn't fucking Justin yeah. Bieber. Yeah. I would have so Which many I chains am Daft too. Punk. Yeah. I would have and, chains. I would have cars and everything. I would, I would ruin my life. So ignorant, bro. Yeah. I was like, I don't know, pick my nose and go to the movies. I don't know. You know, you're like, yeah, yeah. I'm still in my senior year. Like, bitch, people think I'm Daft Punk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I would tell yeah. people I'm the third member. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Here he is. Here he is. No, it's it's fucking wild. And and I think too, um, it is easy at that young age to have that star burn out and you have to do twice as much or three times as much work to be like hey i'm not a flash in a pan here this is my passion this is my love i don't give a fuck who you compare me to i don't compare who you think i am this is me putting out the artistry and i'm here for a while even though i'm 17. Mm-hmm. yeah and and i feel like my my career has been like a weird one because i i haven't really haven't like shot to the top or anything anytime you know it didn't it didn't happen like very quickly it's been like up and down up and down but i've much preferred it that way and so if it was like i was 17 and i mean being compared to dark punk is epic but mm. like if i was like that was it and i was you know this massive huge fucking household name and everyone knew me it's like i I would hate that. And, and, and that's why I see like people like, um, like, uh, pink Panthress. she's like 21. It's like, she came out when fucking Shrek came out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that, that's how young yeah. she is. And yeah. it's like, um, yeah, I'm just like, 
to be that big now like she's almost getting to that point now where she's like a household name you know yeah. and and it's like she's still a baby so right. it's like right you know it's i don't you know, i don't know how you can like have a hold on a career that young because you're still like figuring yourself out like when i think back to when i was 21 i still didn't have like my shit together you know so right, right. I still don't have my shit together now. So. Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a couple of those artists, though, in our industry. Madeon being another one. You know, Martin Garrix. Uh, Zed, even. You know, where it's like everything happens so quick. Mm-hmm. And, and on the flip side of things, people are like, there's no such thing as overnight celebrity, blah, blah, blah. This was a lot of years in the working. It's like, at that time, that could happen. I don't I don't know necessarily if that could happen now where another scenario similar to yours where people had a mistaken identity and then became fans of the artist. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's possible now. It, in a way I kind of like I'm so happy that it's gone the way it has because you can kind of drop in and drop out when you kind of want mm, you know it's right. like you can rub shoulders with this person who's like fucking massive right. but then it's like they can't turn it off you know it's like 24 mm. 7 for them whereas for me it's just like a go back to you know <laughs> yeah. being same old same old so yeah. um yeah. you know i'd much prefer that and the, and the thing is is all my heroes are like that as well when i think to like uh like the chemical brothers or <laughs> or daft punk to a certain extent you know it's like um they could walk past you in the street and no one would turn turn their head you know mm. and i i love that i love that sort of you know no one no one should go after fame because i think fame's just this fucking stupid thing that you don't need mm. um uh, you know you'd rather go after just like having a healthy career and mm-hmm. being able to like you know i'm very fortunate that this is this is my job you know my job is my passion which is making music and i that's what i get to do all day every day so um you know to me it doesn't it doesn't feel like a job it just feels you know like i'm uh, making shit up every day yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so yeah. you know i feel i feel very fortunate that like i can do that so mm-hmm. it loses its luster when it's paycheck dependent you mm-hmm. know yeah and the and, and i i still it. like i still like deadlines and i still like big opportunities and stuff and and the thing is as well is like um i've told this story before but there was a time when uh i think it was about uh 2015 i put out a song which was like it was called the receiver and it it was quite um it was quite like mainstream house like more like more commercial than i would usually go mm-hmm. and i had written this song and i knew it had this particular sound to it and i put it out and it got uh two plays on uh bbc radio one by pete tong and both mm-hmm. times he played it at the start of his show like the first song and so i knew that he really liked it and because of that they got the attention of a bunch of A&Rs and A&Rs would email me and say, we really like this song. Have you got any more like this? Um, would you like to come down to like our, uh, our offices and we'll have a meeting about representing you. And there was a big management company at the time who managed like Calvin Harris and the prodigy and like all these like massive people. And I, did go down to London and I had a meeting with them 
and at the at that time i'd um just written my debut album and uh i i hadn't put it out yet and it was ready to go and i sat down in the meeting with them and i was like this is what i've got this is this is you know what i have to offer and they were basically like we don't want this we want more songs like the receiver and we will only uh take you on if you want to write more songs like this um and so i was just like well i i can't i can't do it to myself i can't Mm -hmm. you know uh, and and it's one of those decisions where i've always like i always go over it and think did i make the right decision because it's like fucking hell like the the reach that they had and and everything but then it's like you have to be true to yourself and if if i was just going to write the same song over and over and over again just for the the money and the you know to to sell things it's just i don't know if my heart's not in it then i i can't do it it's the same with anything if i sit in a room with someone and uh, you know the pressure is there to write a hit or whatever and you you're kind of forced to write something it's like that's where I write my worst shit because, right. uh, you know, the, the pressure is there or whatever. And, you know, it's not, it doesn't feel natural. It doesn't come natural. Mm. It's, um, kind of manufactured and, and forced. So, yeah. So there's been a few moments like that where it's like my career could have gone in one way, but I just chose to, you know, uh, kind of keep the control and, uh, uh, yeah just like mm-hmm. uh, ride it rather than just go to the top right. and then it all come crashing down like mm-hmm. two years later or something yeah. so i mean yeah. it would have been cool don't you like of course it would have been super sick but like then you gotta look at what goes along with that it's yeah cosplay. you might yeah. not it's cosplay yeah you might not have dug it, yeah. the shit you made and that sucks that's a feeling that's got to be a drag is like I made a whole album of bullshit and now you got to tour it. Now you got to fucking yeah. live with it for at least two years. It's, it's yeah. going to Comic-Con and dressing up as the new Captain America and then having to do that every single day. <laughs> never it. do that shit every single day. You're like, <laughs> I made one song hoping it would just, you know, make its rounds and get some love. And, yeah. and, and the thing is as well is that like I've seen that now that there's like being on the inside looking at what different artists portray on the outside you suddenly realize like like so many people are unaware of like so many artists and even djs are brands now and you know that's all they are they're a name they're a brand Mm -hmm. they're a brand so they can put on a t-shirt you know um and that like in certain cases like they don't even write their songs you know mm. other people write their songs and whether that's ghost producers or whether that's like you know um just like the writing camps or whatever and it's mm-hmm. like like i i would hate to be that you know like yeah. fair enough if if you know you're rolling in it and if the money's good or whatever mm. <laughs> maybe maybe it's worth it i don't know but mm. um i just you know i i love this because i love I Not love when you writing. have the ability. Yeah. 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 When you have the ability to do it yourself and you made it this far doing it yourself. Exactly. Yeah. It would suck to be like, uh, all right, well, we're going to let these guys do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People and pay for it, the talent. You know, they yeah. pay for that ability to be as good of a producer as you are, right. you know, where you're like, I, I would be, you know, faking 
the the artistry, the love, my passion, you know? Yeah. You'd be cheating Definitely. yourself. Now, um, has has a label had you in a writing camp before for an artist? Yeah. And how how was that experience? Yeah, good. It's it's like um um you know, they'll like hire out a studio and then uh you know, maybe there's like three or four producers and maybe another three or four like singer songwriters or something and then they kind of uh, pair you up with this person and pay you up with that person uh sometimes they're like over a weekend sometimes they're a full week mm. um and then you're just like pitching for something so mm-hmm. usually there's like um almost like a head producer or a head artist who oversees all the different rooms and they know what they're after and they know what they're looking for and so in a sense it's kind of like a competition between you and the other producers as to who can write the best song and then at the end of the weekend or the week or whatever whoever has the best song kind of takes it Mm -hmm. um and is it like a one song thing or is it you guys just cranking out as much yeah i mean if you can if you can write to in that space then and and they get picked then they get picked but yeah i guess that just ups your chances Mm -hmm. yeah but i i guess the the problem is is that obviously it's it's kind of long hours and it's a you know there's a deadline at the end of it and um also it's you kind of in a rush to get the idea out first so it's like you're in that room with that singer songwriter. So you kind of have to get the most out of them first. You have to get the arrangement out first and make sure there's, there's a strong verse, a strong chorus and everything, all the bells and whistles and the, 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 the final stuff can come later. Yeah. Right, but yeah. Like when I'm back here and, and, and after in front they've of chosen the, the song. Exactly. Exactly. Cause now we so, can really elaborate. Yeah. 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 And, and I always thought that writing camps were a kind of a new, a new thing, but they're actually, they, they actually go back quite a number of years now. Yeah. Like people were, were doing it in like as far back as like the late eighties or whatever, mm-hmm. we're still, you know, getting people together. And, um, to a, to a certain extent, um, stock Aiken and Waterman who were in the UK, who did, you know, Kylie Minogue and dead or alive and right. Rick Ashley and things like that. That's basically what they were. You know, mm-hmm. there was just the, the three of them and they would bring different artists in and different session musicians. And it was, you know, they called themselves the hit factory because that's basically what they were. It was like, you know, one person in one person out. It was kind of like this well oiled kind of machine. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, uh, it, it worked, you know, it was a, a, a successful kind of, uh, machine uh, mm-hmm. and the same the same with all the 90s like boy band stuff and even to a certain extent like um max martin you know oh, yeah. he's, he's kind is. of yeah. the same kind of thing where it's you know this machine or whatever so um yeah it's not it's not a new thing and it's yeah. it is fun but yeah it's kind of a the competition industry has always been an industry <laughs> yeah 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 is yeah. is kylie minogue as cool as she seems yeah, she's cool. She's really small. Yeah. Okay. That's that's cool. She's like like can't get you out of my head is just like it still goes. It still rings off, you mm. know. And and Kylie is one of those people that I feel is doing a a service in in her vision. Same mm-hmm. with Robin, you know. It just kind of those people that are like 
I like this kind of pop music. Mm -hmm. I know you're feeding the numbers and you're feeding yourself at the same time. And I think you're doing it in such a tasteful way to where mm -hmm. it doesn't seem contrived. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, the, this is funny. You mentioned, um, uh, can't get me out of your head because that song was written by a writer called Kathy Dennis and Kathy Dennis is from the same city that I'm from called Norwich. And mm -hmm. she also wrote, um, I kissed the girl by Katy Perry. Mm -hmm. And she also wrote toxic by Britney Spears. Mm -hmm. So wow. she's like this powerhouse writer. Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, when I met Kylie, it was like, uh, you know, by that time it was like 2014 or something. So she was almost like in a, not like a slump, but like her albums weren't doing as well as right. they were like when she was like working with Kathy and stuff. So, um, but, um, yeah, it was odd to see her like, um, she was like wearing a hoodie you know, mm. and like, mm. uh, yeah. like, you know, she's this glitz, glitz and glamorous kind of personality. And then she's just there backstage in a hoodie. Like, like yeah. Um, <laughs> beautiful as ever, I bet. Did you guys oh, end yeah, up working yeah. together? Yeah. No, we didn't. No. Um, that, it's funny because like at, at that time, I'd actually uh, just done a remix for Madonna and I got paid uh, to do it. And uh, hold on, hold the late, on. For, the, the, for the listeners, who'd you do a remix for? Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it was just for the listeners. Um, and apparently, <laughs> apparently, Madonna has to approve all of her remixes. Like, um, so I, I did it, I got paid, I, they sent it to her, she approved it, it was gonna come out, and then at the last second, the label changed their mind on what the single was gonna be, so mm. it never, it never came out. So Sony still owns my remix and it's in a vault somewhere, but I can say I've remixed Madonna, but you can't hear it. So <laughs> it's a pretty shit situation. Yeah, until you get that call from Sony saying, that 15, we're doing 20 year remix. anniversary. Yeah, you're going to get that 15, yeah. 20 year anniversary yeah. with, yeah. The, with uh -huh. your remix on it. Who else is like that is um, JK from Jamiroquai. Mm -hmm. Oh, He's yeah. Very particular about choosing who gets to remix or like mm -hmm. what remixes get approved. Mm -hmm. There's been a few things like that. Another one, I, I, I don't like name dropping, but I'm name dropping. Um, That's why you're here, I, man. Yeah. <laughs> I um, I did a song with Fatboy Slim, and um, uh, we it was all done remotely, so um, it was over lockdown. And we were emailing each other back and forth. Um, and yeah, it like the song like had basically just got to a certain point and we were both kind of just done with it. Like it, it just kind of hit a brick wall and, and I didn't want to force it. I didn't want to be like, you know, we must Come finish on. this, right. you know, it was just like, well, if it's, it's if it's not going to be, it's not going to be. And I still, I still got to remix him, and I we still um, put the remix out. But um, yeah, I have actually done an original song with Norman, so that's that's uh, incredible. Crazy. Yeah, and he he was like my idol as a kid. Like I, you know, he was he's one of the reasons why I got got into dance music and got into DJing in the first place. So same. Um, same. Yeah. You know, it was it was like a pinch me moment to yeah we so to be cool. chatting to him. So you call him by his first name, then you know yeah. it's real. <laughs> that's, the, that's the real yeah. good old Norman. It, yeah, it's just, right? it's so just cool. wild because that 
didn't necessarily have all the makings for an international crossover, but once it hit, you couldn't get rid of it. You know, yeah. it, it was it was uh, praise you over and over and over and over again. And I think we were all a little too young to really observe the impact. Oh, one hundred percent. We weren't to, outside yet. No, 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 no. And yeah. to under to understand, hey, this is kind of an anomaly here. Mm-hmm. But there's a Spike Jones video that goes with it, and Spike's been you know striking gold with every video and stuff like that. And it's like for the longest time we didn't know who fat boy slim was right you know we were just like i just saw this looking video for of these a fat people guy working out yeah looking for a fat guy <laughs> yeah we <laughs> saw these people working out in the music video or, or, or doing this dance routine and you're like i'm gonna be honest i don't know who the hell this is yeah now, in the in the uk you guys were like oh finally way to catch up the united states you know <laughs> well, see like, you guys go outside a lot sooner than us though right they, like yeah. you guys are yeah, outside, they're, they're at, like, outside at like 18 years old yeah, Aren't you guys a lot yeah. of drink when you're 18 or 16 yeah. or some shit? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, this is old hat. By the time Fat Boy right. blew up, you know, even us getting Daft Punk, we were slow to that. You know, I mean, shit. Even even us getting in sync, man, right. in the woods, man, right. we were slow to that too. <laughs> can, can we and, talk hey, about? Hey, sorry, sorry, Nick. <laughs> sorry, Nick. <laughs> Come back, Nick. Come back. <laughs> we we have to talk about like um, the term EDM. Right. I find this fascinating because the term EDM in the UK, if you ask anyone into dance music, you know, whether they whether they're a DJ or an artist or perhaps just a fan or whatever, EDM, Mm. they will say it like it's a genre. They will say, oh, yeah, EDM, that's that. Mm-hmm. Swedish house mafia sound from right, 2011. Yeah. Mm, you know that right. festival, massive. You know, like trancey kind of pad sound, right. uh, super sore sound. Um, uh, yeah, when you talk about EDM in America, it's like you're talking about all of electronic music, like it's this umbrella for house and techno and all, you know, all these different genres. Right. I find that fascinating that like, there is this divide on, on the term, but I think a lot of it surely is probably because of that kind of lateness uh, that America had to the kind of, commercial side of dance music you know right it's like over here and in europe it was like you know it kind of been around since the the 80s you know mm, the, right. the uk really like fell in love with the american acid house scene like mm. like before america did it was mental like all the big acid house djs of like the early to mid 80s were like mm getting number ones in the UK, but weren't even charting in America. So it's like, yeah. it's crazy. And then, you know, obviously the the nineties became like, you know, more kind of sort of commercialized, but in terms of like the, the, the spectrum of EDM and the, the spectacle of EDM mm-hmm. in the sense of like headlining, headlining a show and massive festivals and everything, I feel like because America was so late to that maybe that's why the term edm is like this umbrella and Mm. for us we we associate the term edm with almost like america's house yeah but almost like america's discovery of dance music that's 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 how we oh yeah yeah you know kind of 
kind well, of see it. I think I, I, I think like... too that it has a lot to do with um over there you guys em- embrace black house music producers whereas over here I feel like there's been a um there there's been an a want to kind of denounce black producers yeah. from house music so they're going to call it EDM it's not house yeah. not house I, I also I also have a theory that it might be something to do with radio because here in the mm. UK like radio we don't really have specialized radio like yeah. radio is radio so you can hear like a pop song then an R&B song then a dance song oh, then you know like all these different stuff one after the other whereas mm. I know in America it's like specialized radio you know mm-hmm. so it's like if you want to listen to hip hop there's a hip hop station. station yeah exactly that's, if you- that's what I was going to say was I think that's more so what it is more than anything is yeah. categorization um in we talked about this a million times but back in the day like the 90s 90s early 2000s anything electronic any dance music was just called techno techno yeah, yeah. just mm-hmm. like if you didn't know what it was it was techno like eminem, like techno. eminem said nobody listens to techno nobody and listens he to techno. was talking about moby and it's right. like are you out of your fucking like to, <laughs> to just be like this is moby the techno artist you're like uh i don't think that's a like it not, doesn't quite fit daft punk this techno. is daft punk like, the techno artist mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, it was um, a, it was a negative catch-all yeah and, and so i think united states got that with edm go ahead and so on cable we had in which because i mean here in las vegas and i know like even cali we didn't have a lot of like dance music radio so you had music choice and music choice had electronic dance mm. or electronic it was just electronic music it wasn't electronic mm-hmm. music uh dance music so when electronic dance music that term came I think it just, at least for most people, it just sounded like, okay, we're that's what we're calling house. We're calling techno. We're calling dubstep. We're calling all of it. Yeah, because dance they music is just electronic umbrella. dance music. Yeah. Um, and I can see why, but like when you somebody says EDM, like referring to like, I don't know. In my mind, I, I know how to like if we're talking. I know when you're referring to the genre versus the umbrella term. Mm-hmm. But I guess the umbrella term truly is just dance music, not electronic dance music. But like, that just seems like a shorter way of saying it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, though, if someone said EDM to you in the UK, what are the first three artists that would come to mind? Just that commercial. <coughs> so, like I say, prob- probably, probably a lot of the like swedish and norwegian names that became massive in america like mm. swedish house mafia and uh Avicii, afrojack mm. um martin garrix mm-hmm. you know like probably all of those guys that's probably the go-to mm-hmm. but then also in that umbrella you've kind of got david getter and uh calvin. tiesto calvin mm. harris you mm. know all those people um but it would never yeah. be Giorgio Moroder, EDM artist. No. no. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah. Because see, some, that's... Cause some people. Right. Yeah. Would. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's bizarre. Yeah. You, you it, know, it's it, funny because it, you're not wrong at all. Like, no, no. EDM is that. But also, 
like it seems not. wrong to not because EDM just means electronic dance music. It's like, why yeah. the fuck wouldn't Giorgio be EDM? Why right. the fuck wouldn't Daft Punk be EDM? It's, yeah, it's yeah. because it's offensive to put him next to Geta or, yeah, so, yeah, or, or, or Afrojack or Steve Aoki or LMFAO. Because you're like, never, never. I would never, you know, like your majesty. I would never put you in this <laughs> in this category. You know? It seems silly. And but it's, it's, I, th- I think it's the change from clubs to festivals. I okay, think that's what okay, it is. Okay. I think that's what people's yeah. problem is, is because dance music here had always been like nightclubs. You know, the UK at, in the 90s, the UK had so many fucking nightclubs, like literally thousands and thousands of nightclubs. And that number's kind of been steadily like declining ever since. Mm-hmm. We still have a lot, but like in the 90s, we had fucking loads. Um, and that whole culture and the whole Ibiza thing was such a, you know, DJs DJ in nightclubs, you know, mm-hmm. bands play in at festivals and at venues. And then suddenly there was that change where now DJs aren't playing in the dark in a booth in the corner. They're in the middle of the stage with all these lights on and fireworks and everything else. They become um, a band. Yeah, they, they they became a band. They became a headliner. They became, you know, uh, eyes were on them for the first yeah. time, rather than they're just, you know, in the background. Um, and I th- I think that's people's issue. I think that's the the like I say, it's the it's the commercialized um, side of it. Even though dance music had been commercial before, and especially in the chart and stuff, but I, I think it's something to do with that um yeah that that shift in the mm-hmm. in the industry around that time around like 2010 ish or maybe even slightly before then mm-hmm. um because that's yeah. when that term was born was what's that 10 2010 11 yeah that's when edm became edm mm-hmm. and nobody was using it before then they were dance music the term dance music existed, mm-hmm. but like electronic dance music shortened to edm it was derogatory. It, well, it wasn't yeah. at the. I don't think at the time it was derogatory until it became derogatory. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I, yeah, like, I don't. Yeah. I think it, at the yeah. time it really was just electronic yeah. dance music. We're like, yeah, cool, yeah, that's what because it is. Because people didn't know where to put all of this. You, you know, you know what it is. You know what it is. It is the hip hop and the urban thing. It's, yeah. it's the same thing. It's yeah. like same thing. Yeah. You know, if if you if you call all of hip hop and you know R and urban put it, put it all together yeah. under urban, it's yeah. like uh you know this is black yeah. music. Like yeah, yeah that's just, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're saying EDM and it's like, okay, it's dance music. House and techno aren't the same, and techno and dubstep aren't the same, but we're just throwing it all together. Yeah, yeah. But they're all Maybe black we should music just though. eliminate EDM. We should just stop calling it that. <laughs> yeah. The same yeah. way we stop calling it urban. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 so funny, and I think it goes back to the respect that the UK has for DJs and dance yes. music as well. Yes, I I think it was more novelty when it blew up in the states. Yeah, it was almost viewed as a what are these people trying to call a sport? Why would you Why would you say this is a sport? You know, mm-hmm. when it, it's it's like this is real producers making electronic music 
but you don't just hear EDM and 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 you're like, oh, these are just kids at a festival taking Molly. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it became very a, a caricature <laughs> of yeah. itself compared to maybe you know. I think techno was very disrespected when everything was called, oh, that's just techno. Correct. I, yeah. I think it, it was just a, a misnomer, which yeah. is fine, you know, but I think that was used as a derogatory term as well for the ignorance of the genre. Yeah. They're like, I'm not going to figure, I don't care what this, it's techno, you know, yeah. that's, that's like how people approached it. And in the UK, someone anyone off the streets would be like you fucking idiot right like this is house music or this is garage this is garage yeah this is anything you know you can't they would hear dubstep and be like this is techno Mm -hmm. turn this techno shit off and that's always kind of the sentence that came after it turn this techno shit off it had to suck to make techno back then yeah <laughs> that is like, yeah. like god damn it no this is techno yeah yeah, yeah. saying it like yeah. that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I i hate the term edm i i think yeah. that i yeah. think that it's still being used as a catch-all with like boomers and stuff yeah. like that. i still find myself using it <clears throat> yeah i mean it's it's commercial dance music is edm yeah. and mm. i think that's fair but yeah. I, I also think too that a lot of people that had no idea about what four on the floor is were like, it's just fucking EDM. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, right. you know, it is an interesting concept because you're not wrong. We just had this whole fucking thing. It went on forever about EDM and the term. I mean, that's why he's on the podcast because he heard. Yeah, because it. It, like, <laughs> yeah, it, it just went on forever. It went on yeah. forever. I, I still hear these fucking festival kids, these EDC kids, there's little snobs who think they know everything. Like, it's not EDM. Or it's like, Okay, but it is dance music, right? And well, it the is of electronic. That think it correct? started there. They think, yeah, oh, exactly. This, this this genre was invented when Afrojack dropped No Beef, you know, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. What could I possibly tell you? You're, right. you're yeah, not, you have no everything's fucking idea. gonna sound antiquated and everything. If I play you house music from '95, if I play you CC Penniston, you're gonna be like. What is this exactly. Dua Lipa oh ripoff? Oh, you know, you hit it on this? the head right there. What is this uh, Beyonce Fast ripoff? R and B. Yeah, yeah. on the head right there. Thank you. For I think that that's why it's so like such a mind fuck to think that it started in America, but it started way earlier than you think it way started. Uh-huh. Way earlier, and, and it's like, but you like. In you're different kind of, pigment too. You, you kind of missed it the first time round. It's like it, it like dodged the radio and went over to the rest of the world and yeah, like yeah. dodged America. And it's like, and that's why like, I find it fascinating when you actually, you know, look into it and look into the history of it and you find people like Ron Hardy and Larry Levan and Frankie Knuckles and, you know, all these people who were like there at the start. And it's like fascinating when, if you find like their DJ sets and stuff and like the, the type of records they were playing and the type of records that were resonating with people and, um and the type of records that they would play every set and uh you know ha- see the settings of where these records were being played at and then see yeah. the audience of these records being played oh at. yeah it's, it's oh, black yeah. gay music yeah, and, yeah. Man. it's also like it, it did it completely skipped american yeah mainstream until it was massive mm-hmm. yeah like and, and by that is, point it became like a white 
heterosexual thing. Yeah. Right. And right. you know, obviously it wouldn't it was never that in in you know at the start. So um Right. It's very I, interesting. I find it I find it interesting that like um like it, it took someone like Catronada to kind of bring it back to like its roots. Literally. You know what I mean? Yes. Like mm-hmm. like like it it's taken that long. Like now, now we're getting to the point where there's like, you know, you can be a DJ from, you know, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, gay, straight, like trans, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, you can be, you know, anyone could be a DJ, but, and anyone could be a producer, but like for a long time, it was like a, it was still know. very taboo. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like to be black and into dance music or like somebody like Honey. Like Honey Dijon, mm-hmm. like yeah. it's still like a spectacle, and now it's like, oh, that's just part for the course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like really, that's who made this shit. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm but, wrong, but like right. Garage, the genre is named that because of music that it's music that people thought would play at Paradise Garage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah like yeah, definitely. House music literally happened right after disco. Right. Like Ron Hardy, or not Ron, but like Frankie Knuckles right into working at Paradise Garage, yeah. into working at Marshall the Jefferson. Yeah. One like, of the most important garage records isn't even a garage record. And that's the uh, Spin Spin Sugar remix that Armin Van Helden did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Armin Van Helden did that in the late, I think it was the mid 90s, actually, the yeah. mid 90s. And, uh, DJs in the UK played it at the wrong speed um, mm. because they they thought when they when they bought it on vinyl when they put the needle on that it was ah oh, this doesn't sound right so they used to play at the wrong speed and that basically became the foundation for Garage like wow. that one record pretty much changed you know and huh. London DJs were like what the fuck is this and tried to like <coughs> copy it and and the other thing that I find fascinating about Garage is that. Um, one of the key figures of UK garage isn't even from the UK, and that's Todd Edwards. So Todd it's Edwards. like, yeah, he, like he's called UK garage because when by the time he played his first show in London, everyone fucking knew every single record that he'd ever put out. And so mm. when there's that footage on YouTube where you can see him playing that gig for the first time in the late '90s, like coming to London for the first time. And it's like a black crowd. There's like hard, hardly any white people there, and and yeah, they all knew like every single song, you know, because it was by that point UK Garage was like you know the thing, and like Two Step was like the thing at that mm-hmm. time. But it, you know, it's UK Garage, but it's by a Canadian. You know, it's right. like it's just bizarre, so bizarre. Todd the God, the uh, prominent the God. EDM artist. Todd. <laughs> <laughs> EDM man, Todd Edwards. Oh my God. Todd, uh, Colors is the new single. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, first single, uh, is it off the fifth studio album from you? Yeah, fifth. Fifth, yeah. Um, so the album's like a bit kind of 80s. It's kind of like a 80s concept album. Um, it's weird like so far in my career i've kind of like every other album has been a different genre so like the first album was pop second one was electronic mm-hmm. and club and then i went back to pop then i went back to club and now i'm on my fifth i thought i'd do pop again so 
um yeah it's it's kind of what we were talking about earlier it's like a an an 80s throwback album but i'm i'm purposely trying to put as many of the original techniques uh from the 80s into the album rather than being a modern album that just so happens to sound 80s it's like i'm i'm really trying to like limit myself to the techniques and the technology of that so colors is a really good example of that it's like pretty much just a lindrum uh a juno 60 for like most of it and uh and vocals and that's kind of like the only limitation in it and then most of the effects are like uh modern equivalent of like the digital reverbs that they were using back in the 80s so like there's lots of like gated reverb on it and stuff um that they were using in the 80s so um and most of the album I'm, I'm still writing it like um i've never done that so every single album i've always finished it then i put the singles out once it was done but this time i i wanted to try it where i was still writing it as i was putting out singles so mm. uh which is proving kind of difficult but mm. um but i'm still i'm still glad that I, you know I'm, I'm trying it i'm doing it so um so yeah that's 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 kind of where i'm heading i'm hoping to get the album out summertime i think uh so yeah we'll see we'll see how it goes <laughs> i love that that's that's the kanye west uh school of writing huh where it was mm. like we're doing the show tomorrow the album has not even been written yet let's <laughs> run, you know like yeah you know those those donda rollouts where it just the, rolls the, the bands. or that 25 percent is done shows tomorrow <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that yeah. Nas rollout is not even done yet. Yeah, like, yeah. an hour into the into the performance, we're still riffing it. Done. But I like that though. That gives you the timelines and that gives you the deadlines to where you can be like, I'm inspired again. Mm-hmm. I have I have something that I have in mind here, and I'm I'm ready to get back to work. I'm ready mm-hmm. to you know with an album. What do we think to this kind of modern way of putting an album out and then? changing it once it's out i'm surprised it's taken this long to start doing that yeah it's very um star wars yeah 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 you know what I'm yeah um very much so yeah i i would wish because of the platform that it's available on like if this happened in the 90s or the early 2000s they'd put out a whole new CD. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. What's the difference between that version and 2.0 or whatever. Yeah. And I would like that because now I would have the two. Right. Um. Now it's like, you can change my CD while I'm holding it. Yeah. Right. And that kind of sucks. Cause now I can't go back mm-hmm. right. if I preferred the old one. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's, it's. Especially when like- you do shit like delete verses. And it's like, ah, oh, dude. Now, like, are, are labels against putting out deluxe or are they against editing while the album's out? I don't think they're against either. I think they'll, I mean, depending it's a on cash the, grab either way for them. They don't right. Cash grab, people are going <laughs> to go re-listen to it now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A deluxe version. But you know what? It's probably better to make the edit because a deluxe version is technically a new album. Mm-hmm. Okay. New sales. Okay. Right. Right. Or if you edit an album, you still keep all your old out, al- all your old listens. So your your, your true, numbers true. are still climbing. True. Now you're just giving a reason to bump it. So they probably prefer the edit. Right. Right. What do you What do you think, Brett? What's your take? 
Um, I get it. I I understand why they do it. Um, there's there's songs that I've put out like in the last year where I've listened back to them now. I'm like. Oh, I wish that vocal was a little bit louder mm-hmm. or I wish that kick drum was a bit quieter or whatever. You know, you're always going to nitpick and you're always going to, you know, that's just the perfectionist in you. But I, but that's part of the process, I think. I think that, like, you could keep going with a song forever, but it gets to a certain point where you're like, okay, I need to stop now. Uh, you know, it's at a place that I'm happy with. I could keep changing things, but this is the song now and I'm going to stop and step away. Mm. But now because of this, you know, uh, era where we can literally like upload a song or make it edit to a song like, and it will be up in like two hours, like the new version will be up in two hours. Um, Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It just Mm. seems very like where do you again where do you stop there's no right there's no end point um i know skrillex has been doing it with his new album and i know a lot of people pissed off about that like and it'll be something as simple as like he removes a clap sample Mm -hmm. and you know or like adds a new part in you know like a new vocal or you know a new synth part or something and people prefer the old version Mm -hmm. but like you say like there's no way of going back to the old version it's just gets overwritten by by the new one so right yeah i don't know it's it's it, i guess if i mean kanye is famous for doing it too you know just like yeah constantly changing and constantly you know like adding a verse or taking away a verse or whatever and it's just like i don't know like if i i think a lot of it has to do with uh we feel like we feel like things have to be rushed, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like something isn't done yet, but there's a deadline that you've set. This is the release date. This is when it's coming out. And then it gets to the release date, but you're not a hundred percent happy with the song, but you have to put it out anyway. Mm -hmm. So then it comes out and then it's like, well, shit, I I'm not finished. I now have this new version that's sitting on my hard drive. That's different than the one that's on Spotify. So I'm going to replace it. And so it's just like, I, I wish people just like stopped thinking Mm. like you you have to put something out really quickly, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. and I I think a lot of that is because it's so easy to put things out and, and that goes back to the SoundCloud thing, you know, and even like MySpace to a certain extent of like, I have this MP3 file on my computer that I've just exported from my door Mm -hmm. and now I'm going to put it up on online like straight away Mm. this like without even like thinking about it like you're excited about it oh i've made this really dope song i'm gonna put it out and then you sleep on it for like you know a couple of weeks whilst it's been out and then you're like i want to change it because (laughs) this is wrong that's wrong whereas if you like finish the song then sat on it for two weeks and then made the edit and then put it out afterwards you you wouldn't have that problem but it's it's that necessity of just because i can put it out now and it can be out tomorrow you know it's like it people need to learn to just sit on the songs for a while you're Mm -hmm. you're putting a you're dampening your craft by putting a rush on yourself Mm -hmm. i know in the kanye thing it was like the release date had like a it was like a numerology thing so like that makes sense you wanted to release it on two 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 but 
at the price of, you know, a subpar product, I don't think that's worth it. Right. At the price of the Mercedes Benz Stadium. Right, 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 right. <laughs> At the literal price of the yeah. fucking stadium. <laughs> hey, speaking of speaking wait, of wait, deadlines, wait, 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 real quick. Go ahead, go real ahead. Quick. If you could go back now, would you roll out love the same way? Mm. Ooh. Nay, I I would change it. I would change it, but I realize that people like it for how it sounds now. So I, I wouldn't change it out of that. But if I had my way, I probably would change it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, people, you know, it, as soon as you let a song out into the world, it's no longer mine. It's like everyone else's. Correct. So, yeah. You know, this is our um, song. This is our song. Yeah, it, it kind of is because people yeah. get really like protective of, of you know, music. And right, it's the right. same with films like, you know, the an analogy you made of Star Wars is like perfect. You know, like yeah. people love those original films and and the fact that people can't <laughs> get those original, uh, you know, theatrical releases still even today. Yeah, it's right. like it pisses off so many people mm. um, because it's, you know, but that's. George Lucas wants you to have this version that he prefers. So it's right. like, that's, that's the only version. That's the only one that matters. So have you ever considered doing like a 2023 version, like a my yeah. dimension, like a re yeah. like a re uh, what is it called? Revisit uh, or rework, I guess. Rework, yeah. Edit. Um, I know, I know some people do do that. You know, like I know a lot of people, you know, uh, will do like a, a 10 year anniversary or something and do like a, a new club version of it like rearrange it almost mm -hmm. yeah exactly but, but yeah the extended version make it 10 yeah. minutes long <laughs> i i don't know how i feel about it i i just feel like you know if i if i keep going with it it will just end up too different from what the original is mm -hmm. you know like you love is it still yeah yeah and so. i I, th I think like love is a good uh example because like i would probably sample different sections of the song and like include that in so then it's like then it becomes something other than what it was originally it's like you're adding more well, similar to but a totally different there. track yeah exactly so yeah also um, oh, you were 17. Yeah. You know, you can't go back to the mindset of a 17 year old. Exactly. And, and, and that's why I really hate it when a lot of people like a band for a certain sound. And it's like this second that they change that it's like, well, I preferred them. You know, it's, it's the, it's the Kanye West thing, the, yeah. you know, preferring the old, the old Kanye and not the new Kanye. It's yeah. like, but then he's not the same person that he was when he made college dropout, you know, and it's like, it's. Right. The same with any band, any musician, you can't like, you can't repeat that, that process, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And, and the amount of times people have done it, revisited things for the money and it's just backfired. A good one that comes to mind is, <laughs> I'm sure history would love to forget about it, but um, the 2008 version of Thriller, you know, <coughs> Thriller mm -hmm. 25 or whatever. Oh, was. right. Who did and, that and you had like, you had like Fergie and yeah. Akon and you know. just yeah, yeah. Kanye did like, a remix of Thriller, I believe. On yeah, that. Kanye uh, was Will on I there. Am did um Pretty Young Thing. Uh yeah, it was 
Not I it. mean, I'm well, sure. Great. I'm sure at the time they thought like, ah, oh, man, this is great. We've got all these like big names of the time, and it's gonna be great. And we're putting them all together on Thriller. And I think Pharrell just... did Billy Jean. I think did Pharrell it? did Billy Jean. Yeah, Pharrell yeah. was on there. Yeah. It's crazy on paper, even still, <laughs> even still. Right. But 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 creating with the mindset of I hope this stands the test of time is fucking impossible impossible like how do you how are you like oh god please don't let me be cringe in 10 years like right. you know <laughs> please don't let me be cringe in 40 and, and years. even even when like people try and do like sequels to things so um uh eminem did it right with like uh the marshall mathers ep2 yeah. lp2 yeah. and and even uh the blueprint um, three Blueprint yeah. free. Uh, <laughs> didn't uh, didn't Buster do it as well? He did. Yes. Oh yeah, he level did. Event too. He did two level yeah. event too. Yeah. yeah, which like that was just a whole bunch that of name old songs already. On it. Yeah, that you can't have an you can't have a part two to an extinction level event already it off already to happened. a bad start. <laughs> it already happened. Already it, happened. The, the only exception, the only exception, is Dre two thousand one because it's the Chronic, right? That's it. It's Fair. like it's like That's the Chronic too, but yeah. like. Because yeah. it's got Probably a slightly different name. It's like, yeah. That one works. It works, yeah. That's, it, that's it, probably the only exception. That's the only, and it might have been better. Like, yeah. because you have a yeah. lot of writers. I mean, <laughs> a, lot hey. a lot of cooks in that kitchen. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. we'll see. Uh, Avengers, Damn. Infinity War and Avengers Endgame is better than Avengers 1, I believe. I think it is. Funkway Bounce 2? No. Say no, what? no. Funkway Funk Bounce no, 2? No. No, 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 no. Not a chance. I think it came uh, out too late, though. It came out way too late. Yeah. Damn, uh, I'm going to be going down this rabbit hole. Hey, Confessions hey, Part 2 is better than Confessions Part 1. Bad musical sequels. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's yeah. another episode. That's fantastic. Thank you. That's, 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 that's going to be your part, too. Yeah, yeah. That's my qualm with Justice and all of those French artists is that they were in no goddamn rush to put anything out. They're like, yo, yeah, yeah. Like, please. Ed, Ed Banger could have had 9,000 releases and they're like, we'll get to it when we get to it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Dog, the second album from Justice took a decade. They were touring dance for so long or, or it was just like there. And now it's it's made its way full circle again where it's like it, it'll still go off like with the younger generation. There hey, the no Carter rush. two is better than the Carter, though. Carter three is better than Carter two and one. Well, after they just that, keep getting those kept getting better and better. Except for four. Except yeah. for four. Yeah. Yeah. That, that it took too long. Yeah, it did. It did. All right. All right. All right. All right. We have Sorry, a couple of questions that we have to ask. We could <laughs> we could be on here forever. We have a couple of questions that we have to ask to tidy up this podcast, to ship it out, starting with I'll go first. Or Travis. You go first. I'll go first because yeah. we were already talking about deadlines. Okay. And we all know that uh, the MCU is crazy with deadlines when it comes to their VFX uh, people that therefore forcing the MCU to take a step back and delay some films and stuff. So along the lines of the MCU, we are developing our DJ biopic cinematic universe. So in our DJ biopic cinematic universe, who was playing Lewis? And it could be anybody in the entertainment realm that are alive or animated. Uh... You know what? It would be really funny to like pick someone really fucking old to like <laughs> play me a young. That'd be great. Like, I'd, I'd pick like like uh, Michael Caine or like <laughs> or like or like Anthony Hopkins or someone like someone really <laughs> fucking old. I love it. 
and and get them to play like seventeen year old seventeen year old me, yeah. <laughs> Yo, Michael Caine put out this song called Love. He's got a backwards hat on. <laughs> like, Hello, fellow youth. How Hello, are you? Hello, youth. I'm rocking with that. Should we do Michael Caine and Anthony Hopkins both? Swap yeah, out. it, it Swap could be out. like maybe it needs a scene where like they're both like crying, you know, like the Batman scene, you know, like where he, he thinks Batman's dead, like that, and then maybe like Anthony Hopkins a little bit sad too, and like have them both next to each other in the scene. They're both really, yeah. The, the viewer like is that. just like oh, it broke. It broke the wall at that yeah. point. They're just like, <laughs> like what is going? <laughs> It's like a weird inception moment. So they're actually the same person. Yeah. yeah. Is it, you're, you're the dude explaining to your girlfriend what's happening while yeah, watching the movie. The same, the same so they're actually the same person. That guy, yeah. But Anthony Hopkins is his inner self. You said on this podcast self. he wanted to do two people on playing him. So they did it. And now this, he's, is, the, this he, is the scene where he makes love. <laughs> yeah, he make, <laughs> this is him making love. It's going to be huge. Oh, People I are gonna think scene. he's Daft Punk, <laughs> <laughs> which and it's just it's and just Daft Anthony. Punk is played by Burton Ernie. And it's gonna be Daft Punk is also played by Michael Caine. No, Daft Punk is Michael Caine and Anthony. yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the viewer is like, God damn it, I hate this movie, but I'm gonna watch the whole thing. I don't have a choice. I'm in it. I hate this movie, but we gotta finish it. Hello, I'm Michael Caine, and welcome to Daft Punk. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? He takes off his helmet and just puts hella yeah, He's holding it over the rest of the movie so we know it's him. How is Michael Caine playing both Thomas Bangalter and Guy at the same time? Yeah. <laughs> like, God damn it. Neat. Okay. Neat. Uh, well, in reference to the Pepsi you've been drinking all day, what I would like to ask you is... We are setting our friends up with fast food endorsement deal. What is the Lewis meal and where is it? So what is your go-to fast food order? Oh, man. What, like an actual brand? It has to be a brand. Like you can't just make something up. Like, so which fast food establishment is your jam and what is your go-to order? Oh, man. Um... I'd probably go with, you know, this, this is going to be controversial because I know, I know they suck in America, but they're actually really good here. I'm going to go with KFC. Okay, let's go. Let's go. This is our first KFC one, right? Our first KFC. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. What are we getting? Um, I'd probably go with, um, I just like classic, um, it's like a classic bucket. Just fuck uh, up a bucket real quick. Yeah. You know, just like a a original or bucket. crispy. Uh, probably original. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, any sides? Um, probably just fries. Uh, <laughs> their fries yeah. are pretty good. Yeah, nobody gets their fries out here, but they're good. Yeah. It's weird though, because I tell you what, it is different in America. I don't know, maybe it's whatever they fucking do to the chicken. <laughs> I have yeah. no idea. Yeah, well, might be but it's source. different, man. <laughs> I, think we use chicken. I love this idea. Because we had to switch you... to the KFC. 
I love this idea of you coming to the States and being like, yo, let's go to KFC. And it just stops time where everyone's like, where? Like a tumbleweed yeah, goes by. <laughs> like, no, guys, it's fucking You know where great. else KFC then... is huge is um Japan. Yeah, they have a Christmas. huge in Japan. Huge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I, tell you what, I tell you what, though. I Speaking of, like, underrated, overrated, I had the very first time I came to LA, I had In-N-Out. And everyone was like, In and Out is the best, man. You gotta have In and Out. And I had it and I was just like mm, You won't hear that on this is podcast. It? Mid. Mid. Yeah. <laughs> underrated in my opinion. You I mean like, not underrated, overrated. Oh, overrated. What? Okay. That's, That's what I was about to say. No, none I don't th- I think all of us are in agreement that they're a little yeah. bit overrated. And yeah. and for fries, you mentioned fries. Oh, earlier. fries are just full the blown worst. trash. Just cardboard. The worst. Honestly, just bad. They're just not good. Mm-mm. No. No, 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 no. They're no. fresh. It's it's a novelty. It's, it's but it's just a fucking potato. It's the EDM. Of, it's the EDM of burger chains. It's just a potato with salt. It's not, and it's hardly even cooked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's a strong in and out review. And then we, you're, I'm assuming you're drinking a Pepsi with your KFC order. Uh, maybe a Sprite. We'll get okay. a Sprite. So it would be uh, it would be because they're Pepsi products now. So you'd be drinking a um, the not the Sierra Mist. What is the Sierra Mist now? No, it's called something what's else it, now. What's it called? Oh my god, it's like splashy or something. Splash, Sunny Sun. Oh my um, god, Sierra Mist. Is I don't now. know if this is this is international. This might just be some crap by us. It's yeah, I think they, it is. They 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 <laughs> starry, got rid of Sierra starry. Mist. Starry. Yeah, Sierra Mist is no longer in the states. It's called Starry now. Yes. So, but also if you're like, oh no, Sierra Miss, like drink a Sprite, like have a Sprite for a while. Yeah, grow up. 100%. Drink a Sprite. Grow up. But if you're at, if you're at KFC and they serve Pepsi products, you're going to have to drink a Starry. Or Mountain Dew. Oh, that's not the same, bro. (laughs) It's close. Mountain Dew is not a Sprite. It's in the the same neighborhood. (laughs) It's great. What is Mountain Dew? Is it grapefruit? I don't know. That's nobody knows. Nobody knows. That's a good question. That's a mystery. But it should not be that color at all. No, it should. <laughs> Yo, uh, <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. We have uh, our podcast playlist every yes. week. Our guest adds one song that they want the world to hear. What is your song? Oh man, um, one and not song. Thriller two thousand eight either. We can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What a punishment. Here's my gift to the world. Thriller 2008. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Let me pull up Spotify here. I'm going to see what I've like been absolutely rinsing recently. Mm. Uh, oh, let's see. Um, I'm going to go. You know what? I'm going to go with. Yeah, I'm going to go with a Talking head song. There's a Talking head song called born under punches and then in brackets the heat goes on i think it's the first song yes it's the first song from remain in light which is Mm -hmm. the 1980 album and that song is just like it's like basically a loop but obviously there are bands so they're just playing the same thing over and over and over and over but it's like so unbelievably funky like and nothing changes for the whole song pretty much like the vocal changes but the instrumentation is pretty much the same but 
it's just something about it. It's it's like it, it kind of puts you in a trance. It's uh, mm. and it's so like upbeat and so like fast te- tempo. Um, but yeah, it's just like it it, it barely like it, it barely. Uh, plays together like the the guitar is like so like loose and like the bass is so loose and the um yet it somehow it all fits and it all gels and i can hear like so many so much influence in the song i can hear like bits of lcg sound system in there mm-hmm. and i can hear like um i don't know even like uh, even the stuff that must have been they must have been inspired by i can hear like bits of disco and bits of like uh like african kind of funk music and stuff like mm. yeah i just i just find the song like fascinating and and it's it's quite long as well and it's just one of those songs where i will never get bored even though it is essentially the same thing over and over it's just like that good of an idea that good of a loop that uh yeah i could listen to it for hours so it's yeah. just such a bizarre song too you know i think you mentioned uh it lcd you could hear some inspiration i i heard it in hot chip over and over i heard it in laid back white horse you know like all of those it's all kind of in that same neighborhood and it's it's full credit to david byrne you know just just the madman uh, of david byrne hearing these different sounds and ideas it's just fucking off the whole yeah. album rules if you guys oh, haven't yeah, yeah. listened to um the talking heads discography i that would should be a big takeaway today because there's so many ventures you can go down and hearing other artists from them even go listen to tom tom club go listen to stuff like that yeah, yeah. you know there's a lot to it um let people know where they can find you on socials and let them know although you already mentioned it any other projects that you feel people should be checking out from you right now sure so uh you can find me at I am Lula Roche. That's L O U I S L A R O C H E. Um, and uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm pretty much working on the album, but I've also got um, a couple of remixes coming out soon. One of uh, an artist in the UK called Mete, which is M E T T E. Uh, the song's called Mama's Eyes, and I think my remix will be out in June. I think. Mm. Um, and if you haven't checked the original it's really good it's kind of like a bit beyonce sounding it's really cool Cool. um what else um yeah pretty much like just like i say like still working on library stuff still working on trying to get my stuff out there and um in terms of like placements and stuff and uh uh working with different people and stuff so um yeah that's kind of kind of where i'm at um i'm planning on doing like probably more towards like the end of the year gonna get back on out on the road again but um we're still kind of like putting that together so i'm not i can't really say anything yet but um yeah so hopefully that comes to fruition as well but yeah that's pretty much it i love it I love it. We have had such a good time talking to you yes. today. It's it's been so much fun. Um, as someone that's played your music for eons and eons and eons in the club. all three of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely yeah. all three of us. Yeah. Oh, um, cool. We wanted to make sure we could give you your flowers and give you uh, the opportunity to sound off on American EDM and American <laughs> dubstep. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, uh, we had such a good time, and I just wanted to say thank you very much for taking the time. Shout out to Big Once that set this whole thing up. He he made help. a retweet, and I was like, oh, we you know we would love to have Louie on the podcast. And shout out to the Bee Gees too. That kind of led us down that rabbit hole. That <laughs> yes. Yes. it all did goes I, back to the Bee Gees. Did I see? I might be making this up, but didn't I see that you guys might be having a track on the show? Yeah, it's coming up. Yeah, coming up. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. I I've met him a couple of times, and yeah, just like nicest dude. Any questions for him? You got? Uh, trying to think. Uh, we're gonna be talking um, mostly about his record collection. I can tell you that. Okay, Uh, that extensive record collection from he's got a whole record room. Yeah, which is crazy. I I'm wondering like uh i mean i guess this is like uh more of a production question but i'm thinking like i'm wondering what he used for the main like bass sound in his uh heads will roll remix you know like Mm. that that main sound like i'm wondering if it's like like a vst of the time because that was such a like you know again like a bloghouse kind of uh remix i'm wondering Mm what he used because i feel like that was like his his breakout from well his breakout into production really yeah. like before mm-hmm. that he was just you know a dj and 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 known for his his you know amazing dj stuff but like the hezerwell roll remix was like opened up that, that whole massive. thing yeah and the other thing i'd love to know actually is about um the duck sauce stuff like i I'd, I'd love to know whether uh like do they take it in turns with who who decides to put what record on the table as to this is what we're going to sample i wonder if it's whether the majority of it is coming from armand or whether armand comes in once a track has an idea or mm-hmm. or does it change every single time they do a song mm-hmm. because i find that fascinating like some of the records that they pick you know are um they can be so obscure yeah 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 especially like the very first one that they put out anyway it's like like that was like dying to if you've heard the original that was dying to be sampled and it's like nobody knew that record like no one knew that record before they they you know put their hands on it so um yeah yeah, i wonder wonder where that comes from I can't yeah. tell who who picked the records on on any of that, which is yeah, because they're really weird records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that sample? It was first edition. First is edition. That... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was final first edition. edition? Yeah. Was it first? Final edition. edition? Final yeah. edition. Maybe final, final edition. edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Final. It's final. It's final. Not okay. first. It's final. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't that... know if it's edition, but it's something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure YouTube will let us know uh, bright and vibrant in the comments. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, I think that will wrap it up for today, clocking in at nearly uh, almost three hours. We appreciate you nice. so much for, <laughs> for hopping <laughs> on and, and taking that, that ride with us. Um, it's final edition. You, final yeah. edition. Before had, you, had you roll out, last question before you roll out, any advice real quick that you'd like to share for upcoming producers or DJs? uh pretty much what we touched on to be to be mm. honest like the the two things i always say is one like don't 
you know, don't rush things, like take your time with and sit on things. And the other is just uh, learn a synth like the back of your hand, because uh, if you know how to like get the sounds out of your head and and put them into reality, then it's like you're you're away, you're laughing because like so many people just rely on like presets and you know clicking through the next one the next one the next one and it's like if if you'll feel so much happier if whatever that sound is or there's a sound that you like on a record or whatever that you're trying to replicate if you know a synth like the back of your hand then you'll know how to get there you'll know how to what buttons to press and mm. and, and what sliders to pull or whatever and you'll 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 be able to get there so mm. um yeah just whether that's an actual synth or whether that's serum or whatever just like yeah stick Mm -hmm. to one and and know it really really well Mm -hmm. that's fucking cool louis laroche ladies and gentlemen thank you so much thank you we appreciate you for taking the time and uh yeah we are looking forward to seeing you touring we're looking forward to hearing this album yes and uh yeah if you come to the states you know who to hit up for a little kfc lunch Oh, of course, yeah. So, I'm, t- I'm passing on that KFC lunch, but <laughs> I mean, if you I'll, go to the I'll UK, Travis, y'all. you know who to hit up for. Yeah, KFC <laughs> like, like oh, come, come, come down to Austin. There's a uh, Whataburger right next to a KFC. Oh, go to Whataburger yeah. every yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, you can just shit your pants two ways. I love that. <laughs> hey, yo, Whataburger's not. Not that bad, bro. Not, You're not, not doing bad. it. You're not that's doing it. That's a whole that. other podcast. We're not getting in on this. It's been two hours, 52 minutes. That'd be another hour, Travis. We're not Absolutely. getting in on this. Uh, stay tuned for us. We'll be dropping another episode next week. Until then, peace.